allowing the body to come to a natural stillness. Gradually settling onto the sitting bones and letting the full weight of the body rest there. And taking a moment to acknowledge the environment as it is experienced in each moment, whether it's temperature, ambient sound of the room, and gradually letting the attention come within the body, throughout, float throughout the body releasing any holding or tension. And taking note of the internal mindscape, the mood of the mind. If there's any agenda or any task-oriented activity of the mind, See if you can let that go. And openly receive the present moment. Whatever occurs is okay. It arises due to conditions that are not under our control but it is recognized or it is known by the mind. This is the way it is in this moment. You can direct your attention to a chosen object or just allow the attention to notice whatever is predominant. And while we have given you a lot of tools and techniques for establishing and supporting continuity of awareness, practice is not essentially about becoming a technician. It's not that we have to perfect the techniques and do them continuously in order to be a good meditator, but rather the effect of practice is to be aware. Whatever it takes to be aware, as little as it takes to be aware. So we want to be careful not to just keep busy in our practice but rather take some time to rest. Just rest the mind, let the present moment come and be recognized. If there's a feeling of rushing to catch up or struggling with the way things are, just wait. Don't do anything. Mindfulness will come get you.
lead you to the present moment. In order to recognize that, we need to trust. But we need to recognize that we have some trust and faith in our own confidence, our own capacity, in the benefit of the practice. And with that, we can trust that the momentum of our practice will show itself. It shows itself in frequent remembering to be mindful. It also shows itself in an ease with which we engage the present moment. Sometimes we notice a lack of aversion or a lack of restlessness, a lack of struggling. Sometimes things just seem okay or good enough. It's important to recognize these wholesome states of mind tranquility, equanimity, confidence, non-reactivity, letting go. When they appear, as was previously mentioned, they're often very subtle. We can overlook them if we're trying hard in our practice. And so we want to relax, not just keep ourselves busy, but let the present moment reveal itself. Of course, if you get bogged down, if you get lost, if you get really confused, You can always begin again, settling into the body, checking in on the environment, attending to a chosen object, naming or labeling your experience. Once there's some momentum to the awareness, let go of all techniquing. Notice how long the continuity of Awareness lasts a few seconds, a few minutes, or longer. When you notice that you've been lost again, struggling, forgetful, start again. Be willing to refresh your attention many times throughout the sitting, taking a fresh look at What is really going on in this moment? How is it being experienced? What is being known? As I mentioned, whatever occurs is okay. (coughs) Nothing is outside the field of awareness. Gross, subtle, Wholesome, unwholesome, pleasant, unpleasant.
the best you can without struggling with the way things are.
So did you take note of any wholesome states of mind? I hope so. you have any um, comments about your practice or questions? comment is about, and the comment and question is about the um, instructions yesterday was to take note of the impulse moment when you're about to do something or the intention to do something <coughs> and uh, the purpose of that. Yes, it is, it is to uh, show us our uh, unconscious habitual behaviors. And what that does is it shows us that we often act out unwholesome states of mind, aversion, you know, something happens and, you know, the body's uncomfortable and we have some aversion to it and we just move to get the relief. Not having noticed the aversion, not really maybe having noticed the discomfort even. And so it's just to kind of, uh, kind of slow the whole process down a little bit or to speed up the mindfulness, I guess, and to notice more of the, I'm going to introduce a new term, to notice more of the conditioned nature of our experience. What that means is, we're just sitting here. If you sit still, eventually the the body begins to feel a little discomfort. The discomfort in the body, and it might, it might get to pain, or it might just be discomfort, conditions aversion. That's, that's what discomfort does. That's the habit in the mind. The aversion, if it's not recognized and noted, conditions the intention to move, which may or may not be noted. The, condi- the intention to move conditions Movement, you know, adjusting about the movement conditions a pleasant feeling in the body. A pleasant feeling in the body conditions a sense of relief. Relief conditions, well, in this case, back to sleep. Where are you in that whole process? It is just impersonal physical and mental phenomena conditioning one moment 
after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next. If there's no awareness, if there's not much awareness of that process, we're just, well, absent for life. You know, we're just like an automaton. A machine can do that. You know, every time the temperature gets to a certain thing, the heater comes on, heats it up to a certain temperature when it gets there, it goes on, you turn on the faucet, the water run. It's just automatons. So what we're doing is we're starting to see this process of conditioning. And in that, we can begin to, I say, get control of it. We can begin to see the unwholesome actions, intentions and actions, and not act those out. We can begin to see wholesome intentions and choose whether to act those out. So you have an itch. It's unpleasant. You want to scratch it. The intention arises to scratch it. If you see the intention, you can just see, oh, there's that impulse that I really would like to scratch it. Or, and, or and, you can just turn your attention to that itch and say, now what? What's going on here? And normally, we don't really pay much attention to itch. We just scratch it, get rid of it. What really is going on in the mind when there's an itch that you don't scratch? Well, you're old enough to have experienced an itch. (laughs) This is your exam question. So, did I answer your question? (laughs) Yes, okay. Yes? Yes, I can. But I thought you did it pretty good. I I thought you kind of laid it out pretty good. That you know when your comment on uh, you know the pleasure and the attachment to the pleasure of comfort and and the subtle kind of suffering that is, how 
we don't usually notice it. You know, we just kind of indulge it. And, but there is a kind of a, you know, an unease in the mind. Yeah. And I mean, the when we're really uncomfortable in pain and you know having to move around, and there's a lot of aversion or some kind of aversion or irritation, that's pretty obvious. The 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 suffering of attachment is sometimes more difficult to see. It is subtler. Um, but you, you you seem to have a good view of it. Huh? When you least want to be here. This is your particular conditioning around comfort. Uh, just look at it. You know, it's not to say that it's right or wrong in any of the rest of you. You don't have to feel that way about comfort. You could say, hey, I like it. Mm, I'm indulgent. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you don't have to listen to his conditioning. But that's, your <laughs> but that's your conditioning. And that's, you know, and just to watch how it plays out and where you get hooked and where you get, you know, irritated and upset and, attached and indulged and fall asleep, basically fall asleep mentally and lose it because we're all learning about our own kind of suffering how we suffer and how we you know make struggle for ourselves in life and how we get jerked around and how we act like an you know like like an automaton and where we most have to <clears throat> rouse ourselves up and assert ourselves as I'm me, this is what I'm doing, and where we can just be with the flow of impersonal experience and see it as, well, this is the way it's going. If I don't struggle with it, what's the problem? Yeah. There, there is, I, I rem- I, as you were talking, I was just remembering uh, a yogi recently in, um, at the Maui retreat. She was saying, some, she was had very good practice and very you know long periods of subtle uh, mental states and very thin physical experience not not painful at all and she said even the most subtle pleasantness is really not okay well most of us would be quite happy with <laughs> subtle pleasantness thank you for a while but when you're there and you're just with it you realize how unstable it is and how attached you get to it and how you don't want it to leave and how ultimately it's not very satisfying. We think it's satisfying. You know, desire and craving, as I I think I mentioned this before, always promises more than it can deliver. It just does. You know, we, we imagine perfection. We imagine it's going to be great. You know, when I can finally sit with no pain, it's going to be great. May it be so. <laughs> it may not be so. But let me just comment on that. In practice, nothing ever is a stupid question. Ever. 
if it's a question that's in your mind and you really want and you're sincere about discovering the answer and the significance of that question to you, never a stupid question. Okay. And skip all what? Great, great question. <laughs> Deborah is going to answer it tonight. <laughs> but just one advance tease. Liberation is not a matter of belief. It's a matter of practice. What you hear and believe and agree with and resonate with is still just a belief. Practicing it reveals a whole, nother, whole other dimension of what's going on in the mind. Great idea. Collect those, collect those talks, put them on a CD, May it be so. May everybody just get it. But if you ever need some pesky practice, come on back and we'll, <laughs> we'll do what we can with you. <laughs> yeah. Can I answer a different question? Yeah. 
<laughs> Can I comment on what you said rather than try to answer your question? Okay. Great. I, you know, that's a really, uh, what you talked about was really interesting to me because you said, oh, I, I hear the sound and basically, you know, your mind is trying to figure out what it is and, you know, you don't have a lot of aversion to it, but there's kind of a <laughs> about it and is it something I should be a first about or, or, you know, or maybe I should write a note and you did write a couple of notes and you didn't get an answer back and why didn't they answer me, and, you know, and did I really write a note and <laughs> whatever. What Janet is describing is the process of perception in the mind. Perception is an activity of mind. Most of what we see, hear, look at, smell, think about, we recognize. And so we don't get a chance to recognize this activity of mind until something like this happens. And you recognize or awareness picks up something that's unfamiliar, a sound. And the mind, it's not Janet, the mind, the mind is just goes, I wonder what this is. It's comparing it to everything it's heard before. Generators, cars, you know, hums, vibration, fans. You know, the mind is just doing, doing this scan. Can't find anything that it matches. And so the, the perception isn't quite clear. You know, the perception is it's an impersonal function. The mind trying to figure this out, you don't have to have an intention. And you can't even stop, you can't stop the mind from doing it. You just notice. Huh, perception is working overtime. It's really trying to figure this out. It's trying to get a name, a concept, a f something to kind of pin this thing down. Right? A little bit of frustration because it didn't succeed in doing it, it didn't, it didn't succeed in getting it, so to speak. And so there's a little bit of, a little bit of defilement sneaking in there. The activity of perception is not wholesome or unwholesome. It's not, there's no aversion in that, and there's no desire in that. It's just an, uh, a kind of a, a pure functional activity of the mind. We can see that. We can see why. Mostly what we see, we recognize, oh, man, woman, somebody familiar, not familiar. Okay. But when you have something like this, you really get deep into the mental processes and see just how impersonal it all is. Great, fantastic. I just note that little irritation, that frustration, that why didn't they respond to me, you know, whatever. And see if you can be just at ease with noticing, oh, this is, this is the way it is. This is what the mind does. We'll turn, the fan, we'll turn that generator off now. <laughs> <laughs> Last comment? Um, what's a skillful approach to when I can kind of feel thoughts bubbling up even though I don't know what they are yet, kind of like the, the feeling before a sneeze or something. Mm -hmm. What's a good way to approach that? Because I, I feel like I'm, I'm suppressing, 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 and you're just kind of effortful. But I don't know if I should just say, oh, what is it, and see what comes of it. Uh, I, would, uh, uh, I wouldn't try to suppress it. 
And, and frankly, it sounded like you were very aware of what was going on just as it was, you know, because you said it feels like, you know, thoughts are about to bubble up, but they don't really come into fruition. But you notice that it's just, you know, like bubbling. You know, there's some experience that you were aware of. Don't try to explain it. Don't try to suppress it. Don't try to figure it out. If you're trying to figure it out, know, oh, that's what's going on. Figuring out is going on. If you're wondering, what the heck's going on? No, wondering what's going on. If you're just commenting, oh, this feels like thoughts are about to bubble up, but they're not happening. Just no commenting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything with it. You don't have to fix it. You don't have to fix what's happening. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to get rid of it. You don't to, just, just know, oh, this is what's being known. This is what's, this is what's being recognized. If there's a, a defilement, a defiled relationship to it, one of, I don't like it, or maybe there's just curiosity about it, that's different. Note the curiosity, note the defilement. Yeah. So we'll be doing uh, individual check-ins again. Um, again, thank you for keeping the times pretty, pretty good. And uh, I think there's just enough time to see everybody again today. Any other comments? Again, we want to encourage you, now we're five or six days into the, into the retreat, to really uh, capitalize on the momentum of your practice, meaning just keep it going. Uh, try not to anticipate the future, or if you notice the future arising in the mind, or you know, it's almost a weekend, or the end of the retreat's coming up. Just, it's just a thought. There is no future. The true yogi has no future. It's just the thought. It's just a, uh, the future is just a moment, a thought that appears in the mind. If we don't grab onto it, it passes away and we're just in the present moment again. So please keep the silence. Uh, keep your activity to kind of gentle. And you'll see, you'll see a lot uh, in, about your mind. Enjoy the journey. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.